Well, welcome everybody. I am excited that you're gonna join me today for this live stream and also for all the people listening on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. It is an honor to be uh, with you and hopefully bringing you some joy during this coronavirus craziness. Um, but let's get going. So on today's Comedy Hour, which is not quite an hour, America is great again. We will have some real or messed up quarantine family fun tips. And then finally, my special story for the day is a man's greatest fear, surprise colon checks. Yeah, shockingly, I've actually had two of those but I'm only gonna share one of them today. But uh, what makes America great again? So I just heard this news story the other day and it just, it reminds me how great of a country we have, how we're gonna make it, we're gonna be okay, this is gonna pass, Uh, we'll get back to work again. I've been, I'm on day six of my own home quarantine and I'm going a little bit stir crazy, but what makes America great again is, if, if you haven't heard yet, but something like 30,000 retired doctors and nurses in the New York City area have come out of retirement to help with the uh, chaos and just to serve. So that's, again, man, when, when things get down and tough, Americans step up. So way to go, America. We are truly great again. So before we get going, here's a little message that's important. If you'd like to build a better life during this coronavirus, I mean, take advantage. If you're stuck at home like I am, learn something new. We have some amazingly powerful um, online courses, uh, beautiful learning environment. You'll enjoy the video. It has the workbooks with them. So check that stuff out at smalleyinstitute.com. And if you want to book, if you want to book me for an event, I'll come, even though probably won't be able to do events until the fall. Uh, Start booking now, because I'm pretty sure they're going to fill up fast, but I'll come to your corporation, your church. I'll even come to your home. That's right. If you just want me to entertain your kids for a while or just the family, do a backyard community uh, barbecue, I'll do that as well. So I'd love to be able to serve you in any way I can. But um, you can also check out on hosting the Comedy of Love at Smalley Institute. Dot com. So now for some real or messed up quarantine family fun tips. Here's the first one. And uh, this one I'm calling the Great Race Coronavirus Edition. So in this game, if you're just trying to entertain your family, I want you to get your family, get in your car, go to the most public area and see who can. Yeah, I can't do it. I can't take it that far. I'm pretty messed up. I just watched uh, Comedians in Cars having coffee with Jerry Seinfeld, and he and Brian Regan were talking about how uh, messed up comedians are because we laugh about everything. We can make fun of everything, and that is true of me, but I know that not everyone is weird and disconnected from reality as I am, so I'm going to hold off. But this is why I bring that up and why I came up with the Great Race Coronavirus Edition, I just wanted to highlight the Darwin Award winner of 2020. So apparently, this thing started called uh, the Coronavirus Challenge. I believe it started with some lady on an airplane who filmed herself in an airplane 
toilet saying, oh, I'm tired of, of coronavirus being more popular than me, so I'm going to start the coronavirus challenge and began licking objects in the airplane toilet. That has since spread a little bit. I mean, surely the world is not filled with this many knuckleheads, but there was a guy who filmed himself doing the coronavirus. He went to a public bathroom in his town or city, wherever the heck this guy lived, and filmed himself licking a toilet lid in a public bathroom for the coronavirus challenge. If that isn't a Darwin Award winner, I don't know why, or I don't know who would be. And here's the funny thing. Well, it's not funny. I mean, it's like darkly, humorously funny. He got coronavirus. So somebody, a friend, or maybe he filmed himself, I haven't seen it yet, but he came down with the coronavirus and he was like weeping in a hospital and, you know, just going through all the terrible symptoms. So if you are thinking about doing that, don't. And it wouldn't be a very family fun activity to go see if you can contract coronavirus. And we should be taking it more seriously. But here's my real tip for families. So if you're stuck at home or your kids are obviously probably not in school right now and you're trying to come up with creative ideas, I actually found a pretty cool one at lifehack.org and it's called a neighborhood color walk. Hmm. What is a neighborhood color walk? Well, Lifehack says, for a fun and healthy home adventure, take your kids on a color walk around the neighborhood. Get the children to choose which color you are starting with. So you could choose uh, green or blue or orange or yellow or purple. All right, I'll stop with colors. So they get to choose what color they're starting with. And as you walk around your neighborhood, let them collect things of that color by shouting out the object's name. Kind of like, you know, it's like an I Spy version. Anyone can change the color at any time. Here is, and, and so they go on to give an account. So I think that'd be actually pretty fun, especially if you have younger kids. Just, you, get, you get out of the house, you're having, you, you know, you're doing a creative game that they've probably never tried before, and everybody gets to have fun and a little bit of exercise and hopefully some sun. It's actually, I'm looking out my studio windows right now. It's a beautiful day here in Magnolia, Texas. Uh, so I'll probably be going on a walk later today myself. So now we're to story time. And before I even share the story, I just want you to know that this is a story. <laughs> So I, I've said a thousand times before that I'm ADD. I'm, you know, in my comedy shows, I have a lot of improv. So I, I go into a show with a specific story that I know I want to share. But as the time goes along, just either people stand out to me in the audience and I make fun of them. Uh, if I'm at a church, I'll definitely make fun of a senior pastor because that's the easiest laugh you're ever going to get. And then just stuff pops into my head. So I was actually preaching on a Sunday when I shared this story. I don't know why, it came out of nowhere and I've got into it. And once I start with a story, I genuinely can't stop. And if you could have seen the face of my wife was just like jaw dropped. I cannot believe he's going there on a Sunday. And it was a pretty conservative church. So, all right. The title of this live stream today was A Man's Biggest Fear, Surprise Colon Checks. And I mentioned that I actually have had two of those in my lifetime. And I'm going to share the second one when I get into it 
on my dad's uh, graduation to heaven, uh, probably weak of stories because there were so many crazy things that happened with that. But on my first surprise colon check, <sighs> my wife and I were living outside of Chicago in Wheaton, Illinois, and we went home, back home to my parents, to Branson, Missouri, which is unfortunately, you know, kind of, it has a lot of ticks. So if you go through the forest and things like that, you really need to, like, when you get back, you got to check your whole body for ticks. And of course, do I ever think through things? No. So did I check? No. And about, you know, maybe a couple days after getting home, I, uh, yeah, I started itching down in my nether region. And I, you know, I thought it was kind of a normal itch. And then a couple days later, I'm like, okay, this feels like a very specific itch in a very specific location. So I went into the bathroom and I, I got a mirror, you know, because I'm trying to go, what is going on? And there it was, a tick on my woohoo, trying to keep this family friendly. And I mean, of course, Guys, you know what I'm talking about, right? I'm looking, I'm like, oh no, there's a tick and he's he was embedded, which is not good, right? Because you want to get ticks off your body before they get that head in there. And I just thought, who? Who gets a tick on their woohoo? I do. Huh, that rhymed. I didn't even mean to. That was an improv move. So I kind of panicked. I'm like, hey! And she's like, we lived in this weird condo that had like three stories, but each story was 100 square feet. So she was probably down on the, the middle floor where the kitchen and living room was with the kids. And she comes running up. She's like, what's going? And she runs into our room. And there I am standing buck naked, So which I do a lot. You know, uh, I like to surprise her that way. And so she comes running in. She's like, why are all your clothes off? I went, you got to look. She's like, I don't want to look at your woohoo. And I'm like, you need to see this. And I pull up and she like gets down, you know, like low and looks up. She's like, what is that? I went, it's a tick. She goes, oh my gosh. And she's like a, she's a, a responsible, mature adult. So, you know, she would probably check her body for ticks, but I didn't. She's like, what are we going to do? I went, we got to get it out. But it's important that when we pull it out, we don't leave the head in there because if we leave the head in there, I got a lot other big problems. She was like, okay, I'll be right back. So there I am standing in our room, buck naked. My wife runs down to the kitchen, comes back up with none other than a steak knife. In her hand, she had a steak knife. And I went, what are you going to do with that? She's like, well, I'm going to get the tick out. I went, you can't get the tick out with a steak knife. She's like, why not? I'll just cut it. I'm like, you are not putting a steak knife to my woohoo, that is not happening. She's like, okay, well then what do we, I go, just get me some of your tweezers. So she gets her tweezers and I'm praying and, and I get the, I you know, I get the tweezers on the tick and I'm like, please Lord, God almighty, creator of the universe, do not let this head stay in there. And I went, all right. And the head stayed in. So now I knew I'm in big trouble. Now I gotta go to the, stupid medical center at Wheaton College, right? Which those are, they're fine, but it's kind of embarrassing considering what I need to go in for. So I, I go to the, the medical center at Wheaton College and I walk in and, and uh, at the receptionist desk, of course, is this precious little 19 year old, little cutie sit behind the desk. And I was like, oh Lord, this just can't get any worse. And so I walk up and I'm like, hi, um, 
I need to uh, see a doctor. She's like, oh, okay, sure. Uh, for what? And I was like, mm. well, I, I actually have a tick that I tried to pull off my body. I'm trying to be discreet, right? She's young, impressionable. This is humiliating. I go, I have a tick, and I tried to pull it off, and the head stayed in. She's like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. Where is the tick located? Oh, I was like, okay, well, I'm here. I got to get this thing out. Uh, well, it's actually on my beep. She's like, what? I went, yeah, I know. She's like, oh, and now she's like flushed with red. She's clearly embarrassed. I'm humiliated and flushed with red. She's like, I'll be right back. So just have a seat. And so I'm sitting there and, the, you know, they finally nurse like, here, come with us. And they take me back to the area and it's all open. There's like no private rooms. All they have are like these little, you know, not very wide, uh, like, you know, netting, not netting. I don't know why I can't think of the term right now, but, you know, just little dividers basically on wheels that they would try to give minimal privacy. And I thought, oh, why would I not have gone somewhere different? So I, the nurse is like, here, sit down on this table. Doctor will be with you in a second. And finally the doctor comes in. He's like, so what's going on here? You have a, a, a tick head stuck somewhere? And I went, yeah, it's actually on my beep. And he's like, ooh, well, why don't we here? We need to pull down your pants. I'm like, oh my Lord, this just keeps getting better. Of course the nurse is right there and I'm just mortified. And, uh, and so, you know, there I am exposed to the world in a basically open area where other kids are getting treatment for different things. And I just keep thinking, I can't believe my life. Why do these things happen to me? I think God does it on purpose, just so that I can tell stories that make other people feel better. So the doctor's looking, he goes, hold on. Nurse says something. So the nurse goes away. She comes back. I kid you not. She comes back rolling a three foot wide in diameter magnifying glass that is so big and heavy, it has its own tripod on wheels. And I just looked at it like, uh, I mean, I know I'm small, but this feels a little overkill. And he's like, no, I'm sorry. I just, I need to get a really close look. I'm like, for real? So now I'm, you know, Laying on this table, I have a gigantic magnifying glass that is directly over my crotchal region, and I have a doctor and a lady nurse looking at me up close. And he looks and he's like, oh boy, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm so sorry, but I don't have to cut that out. I went, whoa, whoa, what do you mean cut that out? What are we talking about? He's like, yeah, I mean, I don't, I can't see any other way to get it out. I'm like, well, what are you going to do for Novocaine? Like, is there like a Novocaine ointment maybe? And, and of course he said, uh, no, man, I have to give you a shot. And I went, a shot? A shot on my what? No. And he was like, yeah, and I won't lie to you. It's going to hurt. Why did doctors ever say that? And I can promise you, gentlemen, getting a shot there is extraordinarily painful. So he comes in, he gives me the shot, I scream bloody murder, right? I mean, actually, I'm pretty sure I screamed out, I won't say it because it's family friendly, but it rhymes with ship. I mean, it was so painful. So 
you know, he gives a shot, he cuts it out, I'm humiliated beyond despair, I go home, I'm, of course, telling Amy all about it, she's trying not to laugh at me, which she had every right to laugh at me, and about a day or two later, I got really ill with a very high fever, and I was throwing up, and and it didn't go away, it was like day one, day two, day three, day four, and finally Amy was like, Dude, you gotta, like, we gotta take you to a doctor. Let's go to, like, one of those ready clinic kind of things. I was like, okay, fine. So she takes me into the ready clinic, and we're both sitting in the room together, and the doctor comes in, and I swear he looked like Doogie Hauser, MD. He looked that young. I mean, it was crazy. I was like, what? You can't be a real doctor. He's like, hi, sir, you know. I heard you've, you know, recently had a tick removed, and it's like, yes, and I didn't go into the whole thing with him, and he's like, well, let me just check you out, and he, you know, took my temperature, I think he drew blood, whatever, and, you know, Amy's just hanging out, and I'm like, all right, and, and, and he was prescribing stuff, he goes, all right, well, I have one, one final check. I was like, oh, like, what do I need to do, breathe into a tube, or... No, I need to check your colon to see if it's swollen, which is another rhyme. And I went, whoa, wait, what? And he goes, yeah, I need, I need to make sure your colon, you might have Lyme's disease. I was like, whoa, I don't think this is how Lyme's disease work. I mean, I've never had Lyme's disease, but it doesn't seem like Lyme's disease just pops up and explodes and you're sick with fever and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I, it's a miserable disease that never goes away. So I would, I, I feel for people that have it, but I'm like, dude, this is not Lyme's disease. Of course, this little Doogie Hauser dude had grown up in Chicago, really never dealt, you know, living in the city, never dealt with ticks. So I'm like, bro, I'm telling you, I don't need a colon check. And I'm just, as a man, like that is not something you can spring on a dude. That created a lot of anxiety. And, and he's like, sir, I need to check your colon. And that's when I see Amy. Amy's like slowly going, eh, walking out the door, like all the way out in the lobby, I'm like, oh, this is all your fault. So she hightails it out of there because who would want to watch their husband get a surprise colon check? And then before you know it, the doctor's like, all right, I just need you to stand up and bend over and put your elbows on the table. And I'm like, I can't believe I have a man telling me to be like, why are you giving me instructions? So of course I comply, drop the drawers, get on the table. I lean over. And he's, he's standing behind me and he's like, okay, now I'm about to begin. I'm like, sir, doctor, you don't need to narrate this experience. I just need it done and over with. Make it a quickie. <laughs> so he's like, all right, all right, just relax. I'm like, I'm not going to get more relaxed with you telling me to relax. And then he's in and I'm like, hello. And while he's trying to check my colon, he continues to talk. He's like, look, all you have to do is breathe in. And I'm like, bro, you have got to stop talking to me considering where one of your hands is. At least I hope it's a hand. And, and <laughs> oh, that thing felt like it lasted forever. And then they always just finish and they're like, all right, good to go. I'm out of here. And you always left going, wait a minute, what's protocol here? So that was my first ever surprise colon check. I don't really know the value to those who are watching it and those who are listening on the podcast, 
But I hope it brought a little bit of joy to your life and uh, made you smile and made you feel better about your life. Before I go, we're going to do a Q&A at the, at the end here coming up shortly. But don't forget, we have new Smalley virtual intensives. There are three-hour mini intensives where we connect with you virtually. There are one day, two day, and three days. So again, it's just another opportunity to be able to take advantage of all this time off and uh, hanging out at home and maybe you're quarantined. Why not work on your relationship? And then you can find out all you need at smalleyinstitute.com as well as online courses. I got some really cool uh, free courses. One of the best is called The Number One Reason Relationships Fail. So you can sign up for that one at smalleyinstitute.com for free. And then of course we have paid, we have paid courses and the links are on this podcast episode and, uh, you know, obviously on the website. So why don't we now go to questions from the people watching. Uh, Mario says, I'm messed up forever, bro. (laughs) You're welcome, Mario. That's what I'm here for. But if anyone has any questions, go ahead and ask them now. You just type it out in the comments section below the video and I will address them. I've told you, I promise, I will answer any question that you post. Now, I might lie, but I will at least give you an answer. Deceptively or honestly, I don't know. Depends how weird and crazy your your question is. Doesn't seem like we have any questions. I'm not just going to hang out here in limbo forever, people. All right. Well, thank you guys who watched it live. And don't forget to subscribe to the Smalley podcast. Um, And you can do that anywhere podcasts are served. Ah, Mario. What's my favorite high school memory? Um, Guy, now you're stretching my memory abilities. Um, maybe one of the most messed up was it, it may have been me and you who, uh, pranked the juniors and did something to their lockers. And it became like this huge deal the next day. Like we thought it was funny and apparently we went too far. I can't even remember what we did to the lockers, but it became this massive controversy where like people were being threatened that they were going to be suspended. And I'm pretty sure we never let onto that. And now it's just too, too late. Sherry Barnes asked, do you have Lyme's disease? No, I do not. I have had meningitis. I have had Coxsackie, which is hand, mountain, foot, foot disease. I had that as an adult, which tell, let me tell you, that's, <laughs> that's nuts. Marius, who is one of my very dear friends from South Africa, I won't even put that one out there because people won't get it. <laughs> and then I'm going to get into the story. Uh, what did your wife say after you got your colon checked? She was actually extremely empathic. But I'll tell you, women, they don't need to be overly empathic because poor women, man, you grow up from very young having to deal with that at doctors and all the different procedures you have to go. So for men and, and me to be such babies about colon checks, uh, women are the heroes in that in that kind of department. But no, she was very kind and she was like, I am so sorry that happened. I was like, it's okay. I just want to grab my purse and go. So thank you, Sherry. That was a good question. 
Do we have any other questions from the people watching live before I sign off? All right, I think we're done. Well, hey, everybody, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to join with me live. Uh, I'm trying to do this every morning at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. So you can tune in again tomorrow and uh, we'll just continue surviving this coronavirus thing. And I, I pray for you and I pray for your safety and remember to take it seriously. So uh, personal distancing, uh, if you can, quarantine yourself at home and just kind of wait this sucker out. All right, everybody. See you later. <laughs>